You're about to listen to a message from Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. The Father's Church is an assembly of believers committed to revealing the fatherhood of Almighty God to this generation through sound biblical teachings and corresponding moral conduct. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill that purpose and live that life that God has originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. So let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you and we say you are our maker. You are our God. You are the one who loves us. You are the one who has the best of intentions for us. And you are the one who has the power to accomplish it. This morning we come as your children and we surrender to your word. We surrender to you. We have lifted up our voices in praise and worship, declaring that you are our God. Come and reign in our lives. Send forth your word. Let it bring direction. Let it bring comfort. Let it bring warning. Let it bring healing. Let it bring prosperity. Let our lives be transformed by the entrance of your word. We give you praise, O Lord. At the end of it all, let Jesus be revealed. Let the Father be glorified. Thank you, Spirit of the living God. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Okay, we would start our meditation, you know, from um, something we had looked at recently. A few Wednesdays ago, we looked at Job. And um, when we're talking about God will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we can bear. But with every temptation that God will do what? Make a way of escape. And we looked at Job. And we took note in Job 42 verse 10 where it says, And when, or rather God turned the captivity of Job, when, when, the moment he prayed for his friends. And, you know, recently the Lord took me back there and started saying something to me. And in essence, he was saying something like, there's another level. Let me say there's another level. If you look at that account from Job 42, I will read, um, okay, let me read from verse 1 to 10 so we'll get a, uh, a bearing. It said, then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do everything. Praise the Lord. Thank God for the songs that we sang. Thank God for both the special number and the praise and worship. Every Christian must settle, must learn, must come to know that what? His God, our God, what? Can do how many things? Everything. He can do everything. And perchance there are things or something that you want God to do or you're trusting God to do or you have requested of God to do that has not been done. It is not because of inability. Praise the Lord. Certainly that your God what, can do everything. He can do everything. That is what Job learned. And that is why it's recorded for us here. So we don't pass through the experience to learn it. Here Job said, I know that you can do everything and that no purpose of yours can be what? Withheld from you. He said, you ask who is this who hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I've altered what I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. He went on and said, listen, please, and let me speak. He said, I will question you 
and you shall answer me. Then Job also went on and said, I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see, my eyes sees you. Therefore, I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. Verse 7. And so it was, after the Lord had spoken these words to Job, that the Lord said to Eliphaz the Temanite, My wrath is aroused against you and your two friends, for you have not spoken to me what is right, as my servant Job was, has. Now therefore take for yourself seven bulls and seven rams, go to my servant Job, and offer up for yourselves a burnt offering. And my servant Job shall pray for you, for I will accept him, lest I deal with you according to your folly. Because you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. Verse 9. So Eliphaz the Temanite, and Bildad the Shuhite, and Zophar the Namathite went and did as the Lord commanded them, for the Lord had accepted Job. Verse 10. Let's return together. And the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Praise the Lord. So we see here that our God knows what he's doing. Just like I said, he can do everything. If he hasn't done it today, it's because he wants to do better than you are asking. Better than you're imagining. Praise the Lord. But what I want us to pick from here is something, you know, going into our discussion today. It's in nature, something different, something on another level. Okay, in this account, Job's friends, God said, they had said things concerning me that were not what? Right. So they were wrong. Praise the Lord. Job's friends offended Job, you know, by not understanding him and offended God by saying things that were not true. Okay, of the situation. So they were wrong. Now, what of Job in this situation? What was Job before this situation? What was Job's position? Was he wrong or was he right? From the text, well, let's see what God said. Verse 7, it says, I read the second part. It said, My wrath is around against you and your two friends, for you have not spoken of me what is right, as my what? Servant Job has. So Job was right. And his friends were what? Wrong. But can I tell you something in church this morning, if that's all you get, there's a level beyond right and wrong. And that's where I want you to come up to. Praise the Lord. Job was right. His friends were wrong, but he did not solve his problem. God needed Job to come to where he's like God. When you become a child of God, when you're truly born again, you actually should go beyond the level of whether I'm right or wrong. You become godly. You become an image, a representation, a witness that there is God in heaven. You become a wonder. You're not a witness if you're only just right. Is someone hearing me? Being right is better than being wrong. But being right is not where they're calling us to. Because what happened here is this. The friends offended Job. If you read that account, study it very well. They didn't even apologize to Job. Someone came to church today and you're still waiting for someone who offended you to apologize before you move on. There was no apology to Job there. God didn't say to them, go and apologize to Job and I will forgive you. He said, no, that's not the issue. I'm teaching Job. Why? Because anytime God wants to walk with a man, he wants to bring him to the level, if, if you're my friend, what will I wish for you? 
If you're truly my friend, well, I want you to be at my level. That's why if you read the day, if you get this understanding, it will make a lot of things easier for you in your Christian journey. It's because of this, God does not take human sacrifices. But it's because Abraham was his friend, he wanted Abraham to come to the level of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Okay? So for Abraham to be God's friend, God said, Abraham, let me see if we can really be friends. Can you sacrifice your only son Isaac? It was not. Abraham could have said to God, based on scripture, based on revelation, God, you do not accept human sacrifice. But when God spoke it, he was testing Abraham, can you be like God? Can you be beyond righteous? Can you be beyond whatever men call it and be godly? Tell somebody today, tell to yourself, I want to become godly. That's the level. Praise the Lord. That, that level frees you. Because you see, this level of right and wrong, you can argue. There's, there's a couple that came to church today. You have been at the level of right and wrong. One of you just need to become godly. Just one. Not two of you. Praise the Lord. Because if it wasn't this, God had been right and we had been wrong. But the Bible says, for God, so what? Love the world that he gave his only begotten son. If not for God, if not for the love of God, you and I will never be saved because we were so wrong. That's what he taught us in that. He said, let them go. Imagine Job, someone offended you. And then the next thing he requests is, ask God to bless me. And Job asked God to bless them. While he was still in his suffering. Praise the Lord somebody. Praise Jesus somebody. I told you many years ago when I've told us the story. When, when we were you know, very young Christians. A senior Christian to us then. I mean apparently a senior Christian to us then. He was um, I think the assistant head usher. Something in our department or the secretary. But he was quite senior. He duped us. Serious duping. Real duping. Praise the Lord. But, but you know, in the process, you know what? He duped us, then abandoned his wife and children. Okay, so, but what would happen is that after service, God will have us go and drop the wife and children at home. It wasn't even on our way. Because we are co-duped. We are co-duped. <laughs> <laughs> we were duped together. So while we were pursuing the man for our money, the wife was looking for her husband. The children were looking for their father. Okay, so after service, we joined, you know, together, and then we go and drop them at home. Then we are lamenting as we are going. <laughs> okay, what am I saying? To be a Christian is another level. Praise the Lord. I, you know, I want to pray and trust God that very soon in the Father's church. We won't be talking about sin. There's sin at that level. We won't be talking about it. You know, with, 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 uh, with uh, uh, the Joy Force class graduating in our conversation yesterday, we're looking at our Lord Jesus Christ from Philippians 2, 5, you know, down to 10, 11. And we said, when the Bible said, let this mind be which was also in Christ Jesus, everything is said there, it had nothing to do with sin. But it's a level. That's when we, when we get to that level, you and I become that light that we ought to be. The truth is, the natural man can be right, but he cannot be godly. Because you can be right out of pride. 
You can be right out of self-preservation. You can be right out of self-dignity. But when you have to, just like in this case, what will make Job in his suffering to pray? First prayer, the law of you know, self-preservation is myself first, isn't it? So the first prayer he should have prayed is was, God would restore me. But he didn't pray that. They brought an offering, said, Lord, please accept their offering. Have mercy on them. Bless these ones. But little did they know, or little, I don't know if Job knew before then, or he's knowing now, but we are knowing now that when Job what, prayed for his friends, that was when what, his own restoration came. May God give us wisdom in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so I come from there and then it follows on to the question just in that line. How do I really establish? How do I ascertain? How can I be doubly sure that I'm born again? How many of us here are not born again? You're not born again. Okay. (laughs) A little child is raising his hand. Okay, if you're not born again, today is a day of salvation. All the children that are raising their hands, yes, today you can be born again. Okay, that's why we're in church. Okay, but if you and I are born again, it means that Colossians 1.13 has happened in our lives. Can you put Colossians 1.13? The Bible says he has delivered us from the power of darkness. And what has he done? Conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love. This is where we are. Everybody who is a born again Christian has been delivered from the power of darkness. What is the power of darkness? What do we understand as the power of darkness? Anybody really, you know, thought about that? What is it? What what does it represent? Someone help me, please. What am I delivered from? From sin? Okay. What else? I mean, how do you explain it more? Sorry? From the power of the dead. Sorry, I didn't hear you. Power of the grave. You people are still sounding to. Have you been in the grave? Eh? <laughs> We've not been in the grave now, so. Where were you? <laughs> okay, because. Okay, okay. Okay, we're, we're going to get it as we're gone. Come with me to Genesis chapter 4. We, we're trying to see how we ascertain that we are what? Born again. Because how many of us know that we are living in the end times? How many of us know that these are very perilous times? How many of us know that the things that we're reading are happening in our time? Oh yes, they're happening in our time. Uh, uh, Mom, she showed me a, 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 a video where someone was proposing that to change your baby's nap- nappies, that you need permission from the baby, that not taking permission from the baby to change the nappy is abusing his uh, privacy. You see, madness is wearing suit now. <laughs> madness is wearing suit. But, but these, these are the signs of the last days. And as these things happen, begin to happen in our eyes, okay, we also need to make sure, make assurance doubly sure, to be sure that we are rooted. 
Because if we are not rooted, the tendency is that we'll be what? Swept away. You see, it is not the earthquake nor the flood that really blows away buildings and houses. It is the structure that was, it was equipped with. I read that there is a structure in Mexico that um, is a skyscraper and it was built to withstand 8.5 level earthquake. And it has withstood, you see, there was a 7.5 earthquake in Mexico. In, um, in, yeah, which city again? I can't remember the city. The occupants of the building didn't know. That's when your foundation is solid. It doesn't matter what happens around you. Praise the Lord. May we have a solid foundation. May our children have a solid foundation. May our church have a solid foundation. Because shakings will come. And they will come from unexpected sources. They will come from all you know, manner of sources. But when the foundation is solid, I read that I said, this is it. This is it. You know, in parts of Europe, they are building houses that can handle the flood. When the flood comes, it just sweeps under and moves. And the house remains. Why? Because they were warned. So we also have been warned that these things are going to happen. Praise the Lord. So how do we make sure... That no matter what happens, in spite of what happens, we are solid. Praise the Lord. So if you come with me to Genesis chapter 4, we have an interesting um, event unfolding there. The Bible says, I'll read from verse 1. It says, Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. But he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. And its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Now Cain, now observe what is happening here. After this conversation with God, now the Bible says, Now Cain talked with Abel, his brother. And it came to pass when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel your brother? And he said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Let's stop there for today. Amen. Uh, okay, I, I just, I, I want us to start from verse 8. How do I know? How do I know that I am born again? How do I know that I'm standing solid? Verse 8 says, now Cain talked with Abel, his brother. The picture you see here is a picture of everything is okay. Am I right? But what we see in verse 7, let's see 6 and 7, please. Can you put 6 and 7? Just go back. Cain was angry, isn't it? And he was angry because God did not accept his offering, accept him and his offering. We're going to get back to that. And God said to him, Cain, you are not doing well. That's what they say. If you do well, you will be accepted, isn't it? Now, as you are now, you say what? Sin, what? 
lies at your door. He said, but you shouldn't let it come in. It's desire for you, but you should rule over it. Okay? Now you go to verse 8 and you see Cain acting as though everything were normal. The first sign you know that you're not born again is when the word of God ceases to bring conviction to your heart. You are in danger. Are you hearing me? When you do no longer tremble at the word of God. When the word of God, you're hearing it, you're hearing it, and your heart either has been hardened or never responded to it. When it makes no sense. When what you are planning to do after service is never affected by what happens in the service. That's a danger place to be. Praise the Lord. There's a statement the medical doctors always use. You know, I, 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 I didn't understand it before, but you know, I'm understanding it now. No matter how sick somebody is, they will say he's responding what? What it means is that there is hope. Isn't it? There are cases where the person is no longer responding. At that point, if you listen to them, you sense that there is danger. No matter how bad a situation is in a person's life, as long as the person's ears are still hearing the word and it is making him change, there is hope for him. Praise the Lord. So for somebody who came to church who's here, it doesn't matter if the word is still making, not moving beyond, you know, the religious, the environment of church is beautiful. Praise the Lord. You know, you know, we, we, we haven't been having phone thieves for some time. Okay? Ushers, right? We've not been having phone thieves. Okay? But you know when the phone thieves come to church and the bag searchers and all of that, you can't tell them apart during service. It's only at the end of service when somebody starts looking for his phone that you know the person who was shouting hallelujah beside you was a thief. Okay? So... As we are gathered here now, everything is the same, appears the same. But when the real change happens is, when you go, what do you do with the word that came? Let me use another personal testimony. It will help someone. One of the things that helped me know, I mean much later, that God is working in my life. I've told us this story several times. I was not a not Sunday service. I was in a house fellowship. And please, you know, you should attend house fellowship. A lot of growth occurs there. And they read the scripture. Who shall ascend to the hill of the Most High? He that had clean hands. That had not given out his money to usury. That period, about two weeks before then, had given out my money. Okay. Loan to a friend who was paying me 10% a month. Okay? And I was working in the banks, but I knew that the annual interest from the bank would have been about, uh, for that time, I think it was maybe 18 or 19%, 17. It wasn't this high. So I knew, I didn't need anybody to tell me. I knew I'd given out my money at, you know, at, at, uh, at, at an exorbitant rate. I didn't tell anybody there. But the moment I left the meeting, I called my friend who borrowed the money and said, this money you borrowed from me, we had agreed this amount, but now don't pay that interest again. This is what you're going to pay. You're going to pay, you know, something much lower. Now, do you know what that has done for me? I know that at that point, 
It was not Ikena that did it. When somebody is born again, something happens to him. You know what happens to him? A new nature comes into you that is not you. Are you getting it now? Because you see, we, we need to be getting some of these foundations right so that we don't train monkeys and dolphins and dogs. And you know, dogs are getting smarter. Dolphins are getting smart. There are dolphins that, cannot, that can play some games on, on computer. Have you heard that already? Some of them have been taught now. They, they gather uh, waste from the uh, ocean and they bring it and they reward them. So they said, okay, let, let me tell the story well so you understand. In, in, one, in one of the uh, amusement parks, okay, they said they were rewarding dolphins that brought pieces of waste that people threw into the water. Okay? Until some of the dolphins, when they pick one piece of paper, they will tear it into three. So instead of bringing one big piece of paper and getting one fish, they learn that they can bring three. <laughs> Do you understand? So this sense we have is not only us that have the sense. They learn. So they, they, they observe and say, ah, this will be, and then pieces the thing and come and get three. What am I trying to say? You and I must go back. There are some things you can acquire from the external. Okay? We can learn when to stand, when to shout, when to, you know, do all of that as we attend church by imitation. But it is not a transformation. We are safe only when there is what? A transformation. We mentioned, I think it was last Sunday, he that is in Christ is what? A new what? A new world, a new creation. You are a new person. You are a new person. All things pass away. All things become new. That's what happens. And that newness, you're going to see it unfold daily. Why are we looking at Cain and Abel? Because, you know, I realize that when you go further in the uh, uh, Bible towards the New Testament and to the end of the Bible, all we know is that Adam... Was the one who brought the fall. Okay? It was through Adam that sin came in. But I don't know. It's most likely Adam is in heaven. Because God provided a means of them coming back when he offered the sacrifice. Okay? But one person I'm sure is in hell is who? You didn't say his name. Are you afraid of him? Cain is in hell. Because in the Bible trial, if you, if you get to uh, um, uh, Hebrews where they are talking about people of faith, Hebrews 4, they told us about Cain. If you get to 1 John 3, they told us about Cain. And then Jude, Jude 11, let's see Hebrews 4. Sorry, Hebrews 11, 4. Just for, for, for clarity, so we get it. It said, by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent one than Cain, through which he obtained the witness that he was what? Righteous, God testifying of his gifts, okay? So, Cain and Abel, two of them, God gave the witness to Abel that what? He is righteous. Concerning Cain, let's see what they said about Cain. First John 3 verse 12. So, we see why we're looking at him, so we know where to be. First John 3 12. What does he say? Not as Cain, who was what? Of the wicked one. Who is the wicked one? Who? Satan. Of means he remained, he was not translated out of the kingdom of darkness and murdered his brother. 
John 8, 44. You can put John 8, 44. When Jesus was speaking to the Jews, he said to them, you are of your father the devil. Why? He says he is what? He was a murderer from the beginning. But Satan did not kill Adam and Eve. So who is the first murderer we see? Cain. He's the first murderer. And do you know, so our Lord Jesus, he said, he said something there again. He said he was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand where in the truth. He says why? Because there is no truth in him. Who is also the first liar we see? Where is your brother? The person you killed and buried, say you don't know. May the Lord deliver us in the name of Jesus. Okay, so, so Cain is, is all of that, which we don't want to be. Amen? So we look at it. It said, verse 8 says, Now Cain, the ability to pretend is dangerous. That's what I'm trying to say. In other words, so some may call it hypocrisy. It's dangerous. You know, uh, uh, if it were medical terms, it will, be, it will be the equivalent of a, is it, a, what, is, what is the disease that just kills somebody and, you know, no trace? Is it high blood pressure that they say, you know, the person can just drop and heart? What, you see, Cain, Cain had a major issue. But he says now Cain talked to his brother. They were just gisting. Whereas in his heart, mother had been hatched. And he just went on. Child of God, may the Lord help me, help us, not to be able to pretend in the name of Jesus. Okay? If I'm bad, let me be bad so that you know I'm sick. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, yes. He talked with his brother, but it was in the same verse that he killed his brother. How can I be gisting with you and kill you? That's dangerous. It should have been seen that I'm angry with you and then they're separating the fight. That way murder won't occur. But he pretended. Okay. Let's leave that. Let, let me come back to just teaching. So how do I ascertain I'm born again? First and most importantly, I must know a time when I called upon the name of the Lord. Isn't that what the Bible says? Romans uh, 6 to 13, but we can take verse 13 alone. Okay. Praise the Lord. Romans 10, Romans 10, 10, 13. Very simple. It says, whosoever, King James will say whosoever. New King James will say, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall what? Shall be saved. So if you're here and you have ever called on the name of the Lord, what happened? He saved you. He saved you. And that scripture is so true and it's repeated in the Bible at least three times. It's in Acts 2, 21. You can put it there. But first mention was Joel 2.32. Okay. Whoever, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Everybody who has ever called upon the name of the Lord was saved. Praise the Lord. So you were saved sometime in the past. Praise the Lord. But I was saved then. Am I standing in the faith now? That's where we're going to now. And we're still going to come back to, to Cain and Abel. In Colossians 1, 21 to 23, please. Colossians 1, 21 to 23. Okay? It says, And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by what? Wicked works. 
yet now he has he has what so when I called him I was an enemy but what did he do he reconciled me okay in the body of his flesh through his death to present me holy blameless and above reproach in his sight let's see 23 now what does 23 say I'd like everyone in church to read it please Thank you. Thank you very much. You did well. Okay, can you just go back to 22 for me, please? 21 again. 21 to 22 says, I once was an enemy. I was alienated, but he reconciled me. That's the day of my salvation, isn't it? Now, 23 says, all that he did will only remain relevant, will remain effective, what? If indeed, I do what? Continue. I've said to us here, you know that word if, it's in many places in the Bible. And that's where people miss it. If you miss if, you're in trouble. You need to take note of the ifs. Okay, because they'll determine which direction you go. It says, if indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and, and not moved away. In, in, in our joy first class, somebody told us that the thing she learned was that in Christianity, the danger of just sliding away is always there. You start where you can just easily be misled. I think it was a CY praying yesterday, was talking about Peter. Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said what? Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father which is in heaven. And the next moment, because something about his personal interest was going to be threatened, what did he say? God forbid that you go to the cross. But that was the very reason for which he came. And Jesus was quick to cut in immediately. I say, no, this is now Satan. My father spoke through you before. Satan is the one speaking through you. Praise the Lord, somebody. So it says, if indeed I continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast. Okay, let's take it from our Lord Jesus' mouth. John chapter 8, verse 30, please. John chapter 8, 30, just as we read, you just come down with me. We're going to stop at 36. He said, as he spoke these words, many what? Believed in him, just like we have believed in him. 31. He says, then Jesus said to those who, what? Believed in him. What did he say to them? If, if you what, in my word you are one, and then you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Just hold on here. Did you notice that Jesus, the one whom the Bible says has the spirit without measure, did not declare to them permanently blessed, permanently settled, permanently whatever. Anybody who is saying that to you is saying that so that you will like him. It's not the truth. There is always, for every prophecy, for every blessing, for everything that God brings to us, there is always an if. You know why? Know ye not that you are God's. God can't force anything on you. So the Jews believed in him. Then our Lord Jesus turned and said to the Jews who believed in him, If you now, you've done well. Praise the Lord. But now if you continue, if you continue, if you continue, what will happen? It says you are my disciples and then you will know 
the truth, and the truth will make you free. Now, go down. Let's see what happened there. The Jews answered him and said, what are you talking about? Where Abraham's was? Descendants. We have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you'll be made free? Okay? The conversation goes on. And Jesus told them why they are not free. He says, most assuredly I say to you, whoever what? Commits sin, what? Is a slave of sin. Now we see our Lord Jesus making it clear here again that the freedom he's talking about is not freedom from house rent issues. I know you didn't want to hear that. It's not freedom from, you know, landlord issues. It's not freedom from school fees. As long as you're in this world, what Jesus said is that what? There will be tribulations. But be of what? Good share, I have what? Overcome them. I will see you through all of them. So don't be surprised. Are you getting what I'm saying? He said, the Apostle Paul says, these are what? Light afflictions. Every problem a born again Christian faces in this world on this side of eternity is working for him. Every problem you are facing as a born again Christian standing on the side of God and in eternity you're going to see a crown rewarding you for it. Praise the Lord. So it says, whoever commits sin is a slave. So the freedom that Jesus was talking about if you abide in him, if you continue, is that you're going to be free from sin. And sin at this level is not just that you're stealing or you're committing adultery. No. Sin is where you don't do what the devil wants you to do. Where you do only what, what God wants you to do. Obedience. You're free from the enemy. On, 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 sorry, on, 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 um, on Wednesday, this Wednesday, we talked about where Paul said he's dead to the world. He talked about being dead. He said through the cross, I've been crucified to the world and the world to me. What it means is that my body does not respond anymore to impulses from the world. So I stand now, I'm doing something, and people are clapping, are clapping, are clapping nonstop. Okay? The world is celebrating me. I'm trending. All of that is happening. Paul is saying that I will not take note of it. The same way I'm doing something and the world is booing me and shouting shame. Yeah, yeah, man. Stupid man. And he says, I will also not. What not take note of it? What does he say? He says, I only respond to the one who gave his life for me. That is what it means to be free. So I'm under pressure only from God's side. I also gain uh, pleasure only from God's side. So if I sense the smile of heaven, I am satisfied. That's where I want to be. That's the freedom we are talking about. So it's not when I attain what the world counts success, then I'm happy. No. Why? Because I am free. Praise the Lord, somebody. I am free. I'm free from the judgment, the interpretation, all of that from the world. I'm now in a new kingdom. I'm responding to stimulus from there alone. So 34, it says, most assuredly I say to whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. 35, please. 236. Thank you. And he says, why is it a problem? He said, a slave does not abide in the house forever. If it's not forever, it's not worth it. Praise the Lord. Whatever it is that you have or you don't have, if it's not forever, it's not worth it. That's why, that's why Christians give. Can I tell you now, let, let, let's talk a bit about giving. 
Praise the Lord. How many of us have the gift of um, giving? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay, they say the, the money will be raised today, so you're going to manifest that gift. But you know, you know why people give? People don't give because there is no room to store it, one. Okay? People don't give because not so much even that there is a need. Wise people give. Let me tell you why. You see this uh, suit I'm wearing, this nice suit I'm wearing. The day I bought it, I've spent the money. Do you understand? I spent the money. So I'm deriving benefit from that money I had. Okay? If I take my money and after long, after a service today, I buy, I go to, to where, where should I go to eat? Um, Hilton? Okay, and eat lunch. I've spent the money and in return they've given me what? Plantain and stew. The plantain I've consumed. Now, the suit may last for 10 years, 20 years. The food may last for 24 hours, 48 hours, depending on what I ate. If I ate apple, maybe uh, four days. Do you understand? Now, for that period, I got value. Follow me carefully. I got value for my money that I spent. Now, but if I took the money, listen please. If I took the money for that lunch and gave a brother and blessed a brother. When do I get value? When? When does the money expire? It is forever. That's why people give. People give because they're investing into forever. That's why people give. They invest into forever. They, inv- they send it so it speaks for them. When I, when I got married, before I got married, not even when I got married, before I got married, you know, you know I like America. Before I ever went to America, I was sending money to America. Hoping that the day I go for visa, I will bring my investment, this thing. And they'll look at it and give me a visa. I brought it, they looked at me, they said I'm lying. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's truth. I brought it, I was married then, you know, and... They just said I'm lying. I don't know why they said I'm lying, but I'm glad I didn't go to America then because I wasn't ready to see America. I wouldn't have come back. You would have seen Mommy Chi saying, I married many years ago, but my husband went. (laughs) He didn't want to come back. (laughs) Okay? See, a slave does not, I'm talking about forever. We give to put our resources into forever. That's what giving is about. When you give, it does not expire. I didn't eat the money. It wasn't stolen from me. If it was stolen from me, it's gone forever. If I spend it on myself, I have it. If I buy a car, I have it for eight years, six years. If I buy clothes, I have it for this. If I buy whatever it is, I if I buy land, they say the best investment is land, isn't it? If I invest in land, as long as I live, I can live in that land. And use it. I have it, isn't it? The day I die, if I bought 10 hectares, the only thing they can give me is what size? Law. Six, six square foot. That's the only thing they can give me. 
So the best investment land, yes, I can have it till I die. But when I die, I can't claim all of it. They'll just mark one place. If they have mercy on you, they'll put flower around it. Then children will just start playing ball, football. But if I give for the, the cause of God, what happens is that I send that resource into a forever. There's a forever reserve. May you be rich there. In the name of Jesus. That's what our Lord Jesus Christ was saying when he said to them that you should be rich towards God. Okay? Okay, so, so that's just for... So it says if the sun makes you free, you're free indeed. My, my time is gone so much and I, I haven't really tried to communicate what I'm saying. Okay, so, so the, the, the born again Christian has that encounter in the past, continues in this, and what happens is this. The moment of that encounter, what happens is that there is forgiveness of sins. Okay? So my sins are forgiven. We also talked about on Wednesday. Please try and come on Wednesday. We talked about that. And based on that, our Lord Jesus gave us a standing statement. He said, whomsoever much is forgiven, does what? Loves much. If much is forgiven you, as we are seated here, if you, if you have a friend who is in church, or who you know who is born again, or a, a husband, or a wife, or child, or, if you see the person loving God much, it's because that person has what? Been forgiven much. Now, if you see somebody not loving God at all, most likely the person is still carrying the load of his sins. Don't worry what he's saying. A forgiving person will do what? Will love. Someone whom some has been forgiven and much has not been forgiven will also love little. When I, when, when I got born again, it took me time to be able to free my hands in church. Why? Because I was freeing my hands in the nightclub and jumping like this. So when I came to church, the first allowance I got was standing. You know? And then you're watching free people jump. You know, like these people are jumping here. I bet you anybody who can jump like this here won't be able to jump like that in the nightclub. Anybody who is jumping like that for what are the musicians in the nightclub? Eh? Davido. Flavor. Flavor. Eh? Anybody who is gyrating to flavor eh? cannot gyrate here. The two are mutually what? Exclusive. That's just the way it works. Okay, so anyway, so he whom much is forgiven loves much. So the start of my relationship is I know all of a sudden my my slate is clean. And and you know, I, I've said I, I know I say a lot about forgiveness, right, Joker? You said I always talk about that. I always talk about forgiveness because I know what it means. I know what it means to be guilty, and then all of a sudden you're no longer guilty. Do you understand? I know what it means to be set free. Say, Discharged and acquitted, justified, never seen. You come as a new slave. Anybody who's had that experience will not just like this white shepherd, Pastor He comes from the dry cleaner. He will not go under his car. He's an engineer, but he will not go under his car to check oil. Why? Because the shirt is clean. No matter the thing that is happening there, he will not go because of what is where. When I've been forgiven and my slate is clean. There are some things that will not allow to contact me. That's why the Bible can say flee from what? Every appearance. But if I'm dirty, listen, there's, there's some clothes I'll be wearing. If I come to your house, I will sit on the floor. There are some clothes I'll be wearing. If I come to your house, they say sit down and look at the chair. Well, 
And I said, I like standing. I don't like standing. It's just that I don't want to dirty my... Do you understand what I'm saying? So, so that is what it is. So we are forgiving. That's what starts the relationship. Forgiveness because it's reconciliation. We are enemies to God. We are rebellious to God. We were doing everything wrong. Okay? But for the start, the blood of Jesus washes you and I clean. And he says you're forgiven. You stand justified. You know the next thing that happens? You should know the next thing that happens. If that one doesn't happen, the one that happened can't work. You know why? If I sinned and sinned and sinned and you forgive me after 40 years, after 20 something years and all of that. The rehearsal of the sin is, in, is still inside me. Even now there are some that are still inside me. I hear some songs like this and I start moving. Okay? I have to hold myself. Now, but something has to happen. This is the key part to where we're going. That forgiveness comes with a new nature. I get him in That forgiveness comes with what? A new nature. Come with me to Ezekiel 36, please. Ezekiel 36, 25 to 27. If you have your Bibles, even if it's on your computer, highlight the scripture. Ezekiel 36, please. 25 to 27. Okay. It says, this is what it says. Ezekiel 36, are we there? It says, then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be what? Clean. This is what happens when a person calls upon the name of the Lord. Clean water is sprinkled on the person. The person becomes clean. It says, I will cleanse you from what? All your filthiness and from all your idols. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Now, after he does that, if he doesn't do this, Second one, 26. Let's all read the second one together. 26 says, I will now give you a new heart and put one, a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. This is the key now. Because if he does the first without doing the second, I will return there. I I, I will leave there. He will just keep forgiving uh, forever. But because of this second one he does now, when he does this, I now agree with God that, you mean I did that? That's why the apostle will say that the things we boasted about, we are proud about when we are sinners. We are now not ashamed of them. You know what? We now have a new nature. And you're wondering, you mean, you mean I did that? What has happened is that what, who, the, the nature inside of you has been changed. God has given you his own nature. The spirit of Christ is now dwelling inside of you. You're a different person. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord somebody. Yes, this is what, this is what it means to be born again. Unless a man be born of what? What and spirit? He will not enter. The first one is what? To see. Forgiveness allows you to see. But the nature will need to carry you. So what has happened is this. I don't know if it's possible to receive forgiveness and reject the nature. From what I see here, it shouldn't be. But maybe some had the first thing. I don't know. But that nature is what comes inside of you. And you don't become perfect. Some people have the grace. I think it's a... Pastor King, you told, you told us you stopped smoking immediately or after... Immediately. Yeah, some people, they receive the grace. Immediately, there are some immediate changes. Some people, it takes time. 
Okay, it's you know, they, you know, you, you're seeing transformation. But what happens is this: even if you don't stop the act immediately, you know and disagree with the act immediately. Oh yes, oh yes, you 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 know, you know why? Because you are no longer who you used to be. You're no longer who you used to be. Even if you continue in the act, you you can't be normal in it. It's no longer natural. A new nature has come. Now, because of time, I want to move quickly now. After he gives you that new nature, it doesn't stop there. And this is where I'm going now. It doesn't stop there. The next part, which follows this new nature, is that, brothers and sisters, what is going to happen, 27, is that with this new nature, all of a sudden, you will want to, let me say want to. You want to obey him. You want to obey him. You want to keep his judgment. You want to do his will. You want to serve him. You want to love him. You want to pray. You may not know how. You want to sing. You may not know how. You want to witness to people. You may not know how. You want to tell people about Christ. You may not be a perfect. You just want every desire of his becomes automatically your desire. And, and this, this, this is the root of sanctification. This is how people become holy. They are not holy because God will cut their heads off. They are holy because they want to please God. Is someone getting in? You see, you, how many of us had wanted to impress somebody before? Eh? Before. No, no, let's say before now. I, I'm going somewhere. Before. Praise the Lord. How many of us had wanted people to see us and remember Michael Jackson? You see, he wasn't paying you. You just, anything you did, you just want to show that when they see you. Now, when that nature comes into you, and that's where it comes into you, all of a sudden, you want people to see you and remember God. Nobody needs to tell you, don't do this, don't do that, you must do that, you must do that. No, you, 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 have, you have become a fan. Let me use the word fan. But you have become a lover of God. You know, in the Old Testament, the word of God will say, this is the commandment. This is the first and the greatest commandment. What? Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul. This is what this thing brings you to. It brings you to where you so love him. Do you understand? You so love him. That you just want to imitate him. You want to copy him. You want to represent him. You want to speak like him. You want to remind people of him. You want to speak, you know, you just want him. When something breaks God's heart, it breaks your heart. When something makes God happy, it makes you happy. And you know what, people of God, when you get to this level, you can be in an island and be godly. You don't need people to surround you to report you. This is where you come to. And you are free from Cain. We started talking about Cain. The Bible said Cain brought his offering. And Abel brought his offering. God had respect unto Abel's offering. And unto Abel and Abel's offering. Okay. But God did not have respect. Notice. You know several times they tell us it's because Cain didn't bring blood. The Bible didn't say that. Because what the Bible said was, God accepted Abel 
and his offering. So first Abel before his offering. God rejected not Cain's offering. God rejected Cain and therefore his offering. When you are not accepted, your offering can enter the offering basket, but you, your name will not be there. You know, when you've not opened an account in a bank properly, they will take your money. They put it in what they call um, either escrow account or um, what's this other account? Miscellaneous account. The bank will keep the money, but whether you have access to it is a second business. You will never have access to it until you open an account. It's the same way. So God said that I'm talking of God does not take it, but church will take it, okay? Because church is on the earth. So whatever you put in comes in here on the earth. But in heaven, when a man is not accepted, his offering is also not accepted. So God did not accept Canaan offering. But somebody said God is love. When God did not accept Canaan offering, do you know what God did? God humbled himself. Are you with me? God humbled himself and said, King was, the Bible said King was angry. The, the, that word angry said that, you know, he was mad at God. He was really mad at God. Okay? Now, they give you assignment in secondary school and you fail it. And then you're mad at the teacher. And the teacher comes behind you. That, you have to be principal's daughter and say, don't be angry, please. Okay, you made a mistake here. Here, that's what God did. God came to Cain and said, "Why are you so angry? If you do it well, I will accept you." Listen to me. Everybody can walk with this God. I have no excuse. Do you understand? God came down and said to him, "Cain, he said, why is your countenance falling? Why is your countenance falling? Is it not this thing? You can do it well." Cain did not say to God, what you're asking from me, God, is impossible. (sighs) But because the nature in Cain was the nature of the unsaved, the nature of the devil, that nature is a nature, just the same way the other nature wants to love God, this other nature wants to rebel against God. So what this nature does is that this nature says to God, which direction should we go? God says go right. This nature says I go left. Is this nature that affected us in secondary school? When they say talking your shirt, if you go to schools where they say talking, people fly. When you go to schools where they say fly shirt, people talking. Because it's the nature of rebellion. This nature says eat on the table where you're more comfortable to eat. We will smuggle the food out of the table and go to where we are squatting to eat without table. Why? Because it's a nature of rebellion. Now, that nature grows with us and manifests in different ways. When God said to Cain, if you do well, Cain knew what to do. He knew the first time. After God came down and spoke to him, he also knew. But this nature, unfortunately, will rather kill a man than obey God. This nature, if, if this nature could reach his hands and see God, he would try to kill God. But because he can't touch God, it touches those who are pleased with God. Many of us are in situations where we are now. Not personally, but because we are friends of God. The only reason Abel was killed was because God was pleased with him. He offended nobody. And sometimes the righteous, that's why the Bible says, he that shall live godly in Christ Jesus will do what? 
will suffer persecutions. The persecution is not personal. It's because you are associated with him. So the wicked will derive pleasure from dealing harshly with you. Now when you have that understanding Then you can enter into where the apostles enter Where they said they counted That they rejoiced that they were counted worthy Because the thing you're going through It does not make sense Pastor Nat, You know what I'm talking about It doesn't make sense but because they associate you With this heavenly God And they're rebelling against him What that does for us is that it gives us stability In our trial we know that it's not personal. We know that it, we're not alone. And we know that these afflictions are doing well. They're working far. And we know it's because of who we are. Listen, if the lizards are just, you know, running, running, and the bear fly, the lizards don't start crying. The bear is flying. They know they're a lizard. Jonathan, they know this is where they dwell. So it doesn't move them. The challenge is when the lizard now can climb the tree and the bear will fly off. And the lizard said, the bed has flown, let me move. That lizard will need orthopedic attention. That's what happens when as believers now, we envy the world and want to join them to follow their path. We miss it completely. Because we have been translated out of that kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. In that kingdom, we are no longer to strive for ourselves. We strive for him and he strives for us. Let's rise on our feet. So, Father, I thank you. I, I don't know if somebody is grateful. You know, there's a song that says, I, I'm so glad to be a part of it, a part of God's family. This, this is where we are. He, he said to me, beg the people about this Cain's syndrome. Cain knew what to do. Cain, if you do well. He said to them, another thing we'll pick from this quickly, is that sin is not an action. Sin is a spirit. Sin is a personality. Sin comes in and tells you, let's do this our way. Sin is a beast. He says, sin lies at the door. Its desire is for you, but you should do what? You should subdue it. You should rule over it. How do I rule over sin? Simple, by submitting. He said, submit to God, resist the devil, and what will happen? He will flee, but if I don't submit to God, I can't negotiate with the devil. If I don't submit to God, I cannot direct the devil half far. Many of us think that the devil can be told, you can stop here. No, 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 no. Go and ask people who are addicted to anything whatsoever. None of them plan to go that far. Can't ask people whose destinies have been destroyed by illicit sex. None of them plan to go that far. We know somebody, you know, one thing or the other, you know, this, this, this lady had a child when she shouldn't do that. And then all the marvelous plans that were ahead of her just started crumbling. Next thing she had another child without, you know, I mean, you just look at a future that God had blessed, seed destroyed. None of them planned it to be that way. Because sin, when you give sin, an inch. <laughs> Sin takes a hectare. He's a beast. Sin was just telling Cain, you have a right to be angry. You have a right to be angry. Cain did not know that sin will make him murder his brother. Only two of them. Child of God, murder was not in the view then. He initiated a sin, that, something that we never imagined. 
You don't know where that thing is going to lead you to. Somebody listening to me, shut that door today. Don't open that door. Sin is wicked. Rather submit to the spirit of the living God. His nature will come. He said when his nature comes, it will bring righteousness. It will bring what? Peace. It will bring what? Joy in the Holy Ghost. It will bring a peace that is beyond understanding. It will bring a calmness. Is somebody hearing me here today? It's, it is so such a privilege to have the gift of life it is such a privilege to be a child of God I don't know what it is in your life but this morning wherever however you may have come you can get in from the first the salvation part the new heart part and then that love what I put in here for prayer for us is that Lord circumscribe my heart to love you that that is I want to be a big man in loving you I, I just I, I want to be rich in love towards you. You see, I, I want to be one of those people that are just madly in love with you. I, I want to be a God fan. I want to be a Jesus freak. I want to be somebody who just loves the Lord and loves the brethren and loves his work. That I that I want that to be my I want that to be my boast. The apostle Paul says, What do I boast in again? He said, I can't boast in anything except in the Lord and his cross. He said, By this is the greatest thing that can ever happened to me. I need you to just tell the Lord, if you're grateful like I've been saying, I'm grateful. If you're thankful, I'm thankful. And maybe you're already not there. You can begin to take it now. I can't continue. Lord, somebody needs to ask the Lord, revive me in your ways. The word of God must be moving me. The word, I, I don't want to ever come to church. Not Sunday, not midweek service, not lunch hour, not even my, my personal devotion. Let me not read your word and close the Bible and it will mean nothing to me. There are people who have a saying that it is only the dog that wants to die that does not hear the call of his master. At every, every living dog will respond to the call of his master. The same way, child of God, if I'm hearing the voice of God, even though I fall, the Bible says the righteous may forward seven times but he will rise again as long as he can hear the voice when nathan came there were kings that prophets brought the word to and they killed them when nathan brought the word of correction to david he could have killed him but when he brought the word what did he do he went in sackcloth and ashes why because his heart was still responsive to the voice of the lord this morning maybe somebody is here and your prayers lord reignite my heart to respond to your word my heart had become hardened maybe there's a particular area of your life here you have shut out god but that area the devil knows that if you continue to shut God out there, he will bring death. He will destroy your destiny. You see, you see no, nobody rightly, right-minded begins to go this that route. But the, the enemy is subtle. Listen, he said he talked with Abel, his brother. They went from the house. They went into the street. Then they went into the field where nobody will come and separate. That's how he did it. Little by little. I want someone to talk to the Lord and say, Lord, bring me back. Bring me back. Bring my heart back. I want to be safe in you. I don't know about you, but I'm particular about safety. I want to be safe in you. I want to be safe in your work. I want to be safe in your agenda. Lord, hide me in the things that you're doing. Let me be embraced with your love. I love you and I want to love you. Lord, I'm not perfect, but I know that as I keep responding, Jesus said, if you continue in my word, 
I want to continue. I'm not where I should be. But Lord, today, 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 I will not respond to sin. I will shut my door. I will shut my door. I will close that door well. Seeing that beast at the door will not come in. And then I will open up my heart to you. Ready, surrendering to your holy fire. Ready, O oh Lord. Come into my heart. Do this work for me. So that from today, I can walk on this earth. Being sure that I am born again. That I'm your child. And that I am going to heaven. Lord, I thank you. I give you all praise and glory. For in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Somebody say a better amen. amen. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We just give you the praise. Deuteronomy 36, that's right, take it, but you can take note of it so you can read it later. Deuteronomy 36, you can put it on the screen for us. It says, And the Lord God will circumcise our hearts and the hearts of our descendants to love the Lord our God with all our heart. That's the destination I want to be in. You know, so, 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 I, I'm just there. I'm in love. It doesn't make sense anymore. Everything I do is out of love. You know, I, I, I go through, through trials. I love him. I'm blessed beyond measure. I love him. It doesn't matter. Lord, let this heart love you. Let my heart be sold out to you. Father, we give you the praise. Blessed be your name, O oh Lord. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. You have been listening to a message from the Father's Church. We are sure you have been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center. Off Bannex Guarampa Expressway. Near Next Cash and Carry Abuja. 9 a.m. Sunday and 6 p.m. Wednesday. Call us on 070-31-588-404. You can also find us online on our website, www.thefatherschurchonline.org. Facebook, facebook.com slash thefatherschurch. Our Twitter handle, at tfatherschurch. Also on Instagram, the Father Church. God bless you.